You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hi, welcome to the day in Mysore. This is Priyanka reporting for the Corona Diaries for Allegra. It's a brilliant morning today. Sense of jasmine are wafting in the air. I look up my window and I see Elmadas are in bloom. It reminds me really of Virginia Woolf's Clarissa Dalloway in Mrs. Dalloway, where she begins by saying, What a morning, fresh as of issued to children on beach. Except it's not. Despite its brilliance, the virus lurks somewhere and one must stay indoors. This week, there have been first few cases of recovery reported in Karnataka, the state where Mysore is located in. This has brought about interesting conversations, <laughs> one being how lucky for people who have recovered from the virus because now they may go about their lives and into the city as they please. An absurd thought, and clearly not advisable at all. But I think these outbursts are really of us just missing the city, missing our freedoms in a way. You know, Mysore has a fairly rich public life. The concerts happening through the week. And whenever I think of these concerts, one image that never leaves my mind is of these old men who come with their books and read through the concerts and do some chit-chatting here and there while the concerts are happening. There are also several at least one theatre festival every year, several public libraries, benches outside of it towards the city, which are always filled by people chatting away and taking in the city. And you know, Mysore is small. It's, it's a small city, and therefore all this is very intimate. Today is another day of the lockdown, which means I have no access to the city, I know, and perhaps really there is no city. As I think about it, I understand that I speak from a place of privilege. Because for many, there is no home. There's several on the move right now as I'm recording this. Scenes of migrants from across the country are coming in where there have been close to 17 deaths. And these deaths have been either due to accidents while those migrants have been in the move when there is a lockdown and when the state borders are closed, they're walking hundreds and two hundreds, attempting to walk hundreds of kilometers. And there have been close to 17 deaths, as I said earlier, and some are due to hunger. A large population of the country are very hungry. There has been an economic package released by the finance minister of the country, and they're using the existing system, such as the public distribution system, which which distributes grains and which distributes rations uh, to the below poverty and above poverty like people who have been targeted in such ways. But we know it's not enough and, and we know there are gaps and it's broken. For instance, there are huge bureaucratic hurdles for access even in normal times. And in many cases, migrants in destination do not have access to these Russian cards because their families back home are using the Russian cards. You know, filled with grief thinking about all this, but I also know that this grief is empty and without consequence. Migrant workers are then just one section of the population, but there are also several other groups like 
small enterprise owners, tea sellers, food carts, and so on, have been made vulnerable by shutting down the economy. The effect of this on my own street outside my house is that there is an increase in footfall. What I mean to say is that there is increase in traffic in the street outside my house. Whereas earlier there would be only a few people who'd either come on their bicycles or in their open carts selling vegetables. Now I see that there are also many autos and there is huge produce which is being sold uh, like this wherein people are coming onto the streets with many autos. And they're selling oranges, which I've never seen in the street before. They're selling flowers. They're selling all kinds of different things. And this hypothesis of mine, of where there is an increase in footfall in the street, is really corroborated when I speak to two young men who come in their cycles, uh, who I speak to. One is definitely younger than 14 years old, and the other is possibly barely over 14 14 is the permitted age and anything below it, below is considered child labor. I've seen these boys sell various different produce each day. The first day I saw them, they were selling lemons. The next day they were selling onions and the next day it was flowers and so on. And they would make trips in the morning and in the evening. So on conversation with them, it turns out that they were earlier working for a Brahmin hotel in Wontikopur, which is several kilometers from where I live. And since this tea shop is shut, they have no other means of income. So really, uh, selling onions, oranges, flowers, and what they can uh, get early in the morning from the markets is really a survival strategy for these young boys. So this is what they do. Early in the morning at around 3 or 4 they leave their houses in their bicycles and fetch produce from the market, which is the MG Road market currently. And they pick it up in the morning, get back to their homes and then sell what they, whatever they have bought early in the morning onto the streets or take it out on the streets and sell it to people. They also add that the produce are now decreasing and uh, even in the markets, these essentials are being sold at a higher price. There is another development in the supply chain landscape, which is that the market where the boy, young boys and other hawkers buy vegetables from is being shifted so as to maintain distancing norms. Earlier farmers from around the villages would come from 2 in the morning in the MG Road market here. But now authorities are breaking these markets up and shifting several farmer stalls across the city. It is yet to be known how this will affect the hawkers, farmers and the people. There's also development that from now on the Mysore city government will buy produce from farmers and send trucks around the city so people don't have to come to the markets. These measures might affect the livelihoods and survival strategies of these young boys and several others like them. Garbage collectors continue to report a duty, and like I mentioned in my last report, the whistle seems to be missing from the audioscape of the street. But however, there is a new entry.
Every day I hear a loudspeaker. It comes from afar. I've been tracking it and it's played every day. And it seems like it's asking us to stay home. Uh, the message which is followed by a siren isn't very clear. And I cannot be absolutely sure because it isn't clear. But it's out there and it's coming in every day for now. I've just received a WhatsApp message with a photo of a person and it goes on to tell me how it's flouting guidelines to stay at home. It looks like it has been taken from his Facebook profile. He's been asked to self-quarantine, it says, but has gone to several places including Corner House, the popular ice cream shop. This almost feels like a mob is being mobilised against him. Another vegetable seller has entered the street. He's wearing a mask and drops a thread at the end of which has a stone so as to stop the cart. All the gates are shut. He has to go and place the vegetables either under the gate or on a bowl placed in the wall. He's wearing gloves on his left hand, but one cannot be sure what purpose it serves. He's also covered his face with handkerchief. The person buying vegetables is also wearing a mask. Every encounter is a possible threat. Every body a site of infection. This is it from my soul. Thanks for listening.